not the odor of service.
tonight. Grab a songbook if you want to. Page number 871. Let's all stand. In my heart there rings a melody. I have a song that Jesus gave me. It was sent from heaven above. There never was a sweeter melody. Tis a melody of love. In my heart there rings a melody. There rings a melody with heaven's harmony. Glad to have each and every one of you here tonight. Thank you all for braving the weather and uh, making your way here on this cold, blustery, early September night uh, when it was probably a little more comfortable to stay home and eat soup. Uh, thank you for being here. I appreciate you being here and uh, looking forward to a good time together. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll continue our service. Lord, thank you for uh, just your goodness in our lives. Thank you for uh, the melody of love that you do put in each of our hearts uh, to those of us, uh, for those of us who are in Christ. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, this service would be everything you desire it to be in our lives, and I pray you'd be blessed and you'd be uh, pleased, uh, particularly, Lord, with our response to the Word of God tonight. I pray, Lord, that as it goes forth, may we be good uh, listeners, good hearers, but then more importantly, good doers of what we hear. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with our church family tonight, and uh, I pray that those who are dealing with health issues, Lord, that you might bless them, and I uh, just ask that uh, you would have your will accomplished in each of our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I uh, want to start our, uh, or continue here with uh, our monthly memory verse, and uh, we start, we introduced it uh, really last Sunday. And uh, we try to memorize a verse together as a church family as we go through the month. And uh, this month, it's an easy one. It's Psalm 119, verse 2. And it's so easy, I'm going to ask and see if anybody has it memorized and would like to try quoting it tonight. Do we have any takers? Oh, Brother Terry, thank you for not leaving me hanging. All right. <laughs> Seek thee, seek thee for the whole 
pretty close. Pretty close. Blessed are they that keep his, his, his testimonies that seek him with the whole heart. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Very good. Who else would like to give that a whirl? Anybody else prepared to do that tonight? Okay, well, let's go ahead and uh, say it all together here. Ready, begin. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Psalm 119.2. All right, that was kind of echoey as we went through that. But uh, the idea there is blessed, happy are those that keep his testimonies, that are obedient to God's word, and that um, happy are those that seek him not with half a heart or most of the heart, but the whole heart. And so that's the encouragement for us uh, this month to uh, obey the Word of God and uh, seek Him with the whole heart. All right, a couple of quick announcements that I want to make uh, this evening. Uh, first of all, this coming Sunday is Grandparents' Day, and uh, we'll be honoring all the grandparents in the service, and uh, that'll be a, a fun time together. And then a week from tonight, this wasn't on the calendar before, but it just got added today, uh, Brother Ron Winkler, our missionary to Croatia, will be uh, preaching uh, next Wednesday night, so a week from tonight. And uh, if you're wondering who that uh, good-looking couple is right there, that's Brother Mrs. Winkler. And uh, so they're in the area. They just dropped off uh, their daughter over at Heartland. And uh, they're in the area for a little bit, and uh, Brother Winkler and I actually, and Mrs. Winkler, uh, went to college together. So uh, we're friends from uh, way back, and uh, so it's good to catch up with them a little bit and uh, have them in our service tonight. But next, son- next Wednesday, they'll be back, and uh, he'll actually be preaching and, uh, and uh, kind of letting us know what's going on there in Croatia, and um, they're, uh, they've teamed up a little bit with the Lowry family. Right? Kind of. Kind of. You got the same country. And so, you know, you're practically next door neighbors. Okay. I know that that's not actually accurate, but uh, I know that they've been fellowshipping with them a little bit. Um, And uh, anyway, it'll be great to hear from them, and uh, that'll be next Wednesday. And then uh, the other big thing here that I wanted to bring up is uh, September 18 and 19, our teen garage sale. Uh, We'll be kind of giving you more details on when exactly that is, uh, as far as the hours on each day, but I want to remind everybody about the donations. If you have anything that you want to get rid of, you know, uh, any items in the house that you're looking to get get rid of, uh, like any kids or pets or anything like that, this would be a good time to take care of all that. No, seriously, um, any furniture or whatever, uh, this, is, this, is, this would be a big blessing. Also, uh, we want to, in addition to that, have a bake sale as well. And uh, we have a sign-up sheet here, and there is a pin on it. And uh, let me go ahead and pass this around here if you want to. If you're able to participate in that, that would be a blessing. So, uh, yeah, Noah and Logan, you definitely have to participate in the uh, bake sale. So... We will rake it in if you guys are baking. Uh, so that's uh, coming up, uh, not this Thursday. Uh, it's, it's a week from uh, tomorrow. I'm not, not tomorrow. This Friday and Saturday, it's a week from, from then. So uh, it's coming up very quickly. So uh, please, again, try to find some good donations. And then if you're able to help with the bake sale, that would be a blessing as well. Um, there's a couple other things coming up here. 
on the horizon, but uh, that's all I think the announcements I wanted to make for tonight, unless I'm forgetting anything else. Um, we do have that card uh, that I mentioned on Sunday. If you haven't had a chance to go by and fill that out, um, it's right here uh, as you go out the main doors there on the left. Uh, if you want to make sure you get that filled out tonight, that would be great because we would like to get that sent over uh, later this week. All right, uh, Brother Scott's going to come and uh, share uh, one of our missionary letters, um, Brother McFall, I believe, and uh, he'll come at this time. It's taking a moment to uh, do a little bit of editing on this to uh, keep it uh, somewhat uh, simplified because of uh, where they are, but... Uh, uh, this is their August letter, and uh, for background, things have been a little bit of a uh, up and down. He uses the term yo-yo in here. I'm thinking roller coaster ride. Uh, several months back, he had a motorcycle accident and injured his leg, and they had to go into Turkey to get uh, medical work done on that. And with COVID, things have uh, turned very different. So that's the background on this. But it says, end of the yo-yo. This whole thing has been a yo-yo ride. There's been uh, so much misinformation and some outright lies about traveling back into country. Uh, we just sent out a letter saying that I was going to be getting back into the into country and uh, get my visa and then uh, get permission for uh, his wife to come back. And uh, if it would work, not work out for her, uh, then she would fly back to the U.S. by herself, and uh, that then he'd go into country. And uh, a previous letter pointed out that he has a work permit that they've been there for years on now, and uh, his wife is not on a separate work permit, but on his work permit as a dependent. And the country's not allowing them both to go back in. So that's where they've been struggling. Uh, though it, uh, the thought came to my heart, if God opened the door, then he would uh, protect us both and uh, bring us back together uh, in time. Our walk by faith is not always a walk in the park. Many times it's a walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, so let me make this uh, story or relate the story as it happened, and you can give me your thoughts. Uh, the evening of the 23rd, uh, my wife booked tickets for me to fly back to country on the 25th. She was able to use our opened-in tickets that we had from the previous attempt to get in when they said, oh, no, she can't go in uh, from, the, from that last attempt. It didn't cost anything extra, which was great. Uh, she was able to book the bicycle and our dog to go with me. The man had some issues with his computer and said he would... Uh, not send the ticket at that time, but he would uh, send it in a few minutes to their email address. Uh, he waited uh, for the approval uh, for the dog and the bike, and then he received the approvals, and he said that he would uh, send email confirmation as soon as he could. It was late, so we went to bed. The next morning, uh, we got up and uh, checked to see if uh, we had a seat yet, and uh, the website said that he didn't, uh, so she got on the email to find my tickets, and there was no ticket. So we called Turkish Airways to find out what had happened, uh, and this is where the story could get very long. Uh, the first people we spoke to ended up hanging up on us. The next guy was either uh, just really mean or had no brains, 
uh, he, he kept telling us that we did not uh, book the ticket as if we were lying to him. But when we asked him to look to see if there was a dog booked on the flight, he said yes. Then we asked if there was a bike booked on the flight, and he said yes. So we asked, how did we get the dog in the book, bike booked if we're not on it yet? Uh, but uh, didn't have a ticket. Uh, there could, this he could not answer. For us to get the ticket, he would now uh, chart. Uh, okay, for us to get the ticket now would cost us more for the flight, and the bike would cost it $155 for it. Uh, all the prices went up, and everything was crazy, uh, really, to me, and it seemed like a, that God had pulled the plug on uh, the plans to have him go back in country and her to come back to the States. Uh, so now to make this uh, story a bit shorter, we are not staying in Turkey any longer. As of uh, the 2nd of September, my work visa ends, and neither uh, my wife nor I can get back into the country uh, at this point, so we will not be permitted back in until they open up for Americans uh, at the end of uh, all this COVID mess. Uh, we have bought tickets for the states as of the 6th of September, and they'll be staying with their son in Arkansas. Uh, don't know just what they're going to be doing. They're going to have to make some plans on uh, where to go and everything like that. Um, don't have any transportation plans yet, and that's not a problem because my leg is still broken and we don't plan on doing a lot of traveling. He's allowed to put about 70% weight on it at this point. Uh, they're praying that uh, they'll be able to uh, return back to country by December, but they have no idea just when they'll be able to get back in. Uh, the move back to the States grieves our hearts, something terrible. Uh, our time away from uh, country and uh, the mission over there has uh, already affected the children in a negative way. Uh, our son and uh, other workers there have done a great job, uh, and we are very thankful that God has uh, let them be there during this time. Uh, it moves. The, the, this move feels like a step back and uh, like we'll be losing ground, but uh, we must follow our Lord wherever he sends us. At this time, my wife and I have been, uh, or during this time, my wife and I have been here in Turkey has been priceless. Uh, 37 years of marriage, and we've never taken uh, such time for just us. It's always been the family or the ministry. It was my prayer to have uh, my surgery back in November, do the physical therapy, and then go home and heal. And uh, back then in uh, November, uh, and then in November of uh, this year, uh, for he and his wife to uh, be able to make a trip to the States and visit family, and then uh, we could be back in uh, line as to just as I lost my place. Uh, bottom line is we just want to follow our Lord to do his will uh, where, wherever it is he has us to, uh, to be. I cannot thank you enough for your prayers. Uh, and uh, so life's been a roller coaster, and it just kind of shows how much of a struggle it can be for some of our missionaries. I mean, I, I love hearing the ones that are uh, uh, telling all the great news about uh, what's going on and everything, but uh, this this one shows uh, how much of a struggle it can be. And uh, with some countries, it's harder to deal with. And uh, they've been working hard to get back in. But at the same time, they're not sitting back and doing nothing. They've got uh, uh, the Lord's blessed them with the opportunity to spend some together time. And we all need that uh, with our own families and a uh, chance to get back out. Uh, but before I uh, close in prayer on this, just a reminder, 
If you'd like to get the uh, missions committee, or excuse me, the emails from our missionaries uh, sent to you, uh, the details are on the back of the yellow sheet there, but send an email to missions at cbcok.net and we can get you copies of the missionary letters. And then uh, if you're interested in being part of the missions uh, committee and things like that, we've got a meeting coming up on the 8th of October. Uh, you can talk to pastor. There's always room for more if uh, you'd like to get more of the details and stuff on these things. But uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this family that has uh, served you for all these years and uh, and taken the time to uh, put their lives aside to uh, reach out and uh, reach lost people around the world, Lord, and uh, not in the best of countries to uh, be traveling around in or anything like that. And uh, Lord, as this letter uh, shows, along with those leading into it, there's been some struggles out there and uh, the devil fights us at every uh, chance he gets. But at the same time, Lord, even the bad things uh, and the way our plans get destroyed can be used for good as you've uh, shown through through this, where they've had uh, this time together to uh, build their marriage. Lord, I pray that you would continue to give them uh, protection, help uh, this brother to heal and uh, get back on his feet, and uh, Lord, to be able to get back in country and uh, continue the work that they've started over there. All this for your glory and honor. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand once again and turn to page number 317. If you want to use a book tonight, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Page 317.
be seated. After you, sir. <laughs> As we were singing that song, uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 came to mind. And uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing. Uh, that means don't worry about anything, but instead, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, I think one of the verses in that song says, What needless pain we carry um, because we do not take it to the Lord in prayer. Uh, so uh, let's not be guilty of not going to the Lord in prayer. He's made it. He's done everything possible to allow us that access. Uh, let's take advantage of that access. Uh, let's not ignore that and take it for granted. All right. Uh, tonight we're going to be in Psalm 136. Psalm 136. And uh, I'm going to start by just reading the first three verses, but... Rest assured, we're going to cover all of them in this chapter. Psalm 136, uh, verses 1 through 3, just to get things started tonight. Here the psalmist says, O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. O oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for His mercy endureth forever. And then O oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endureth endureth forever. And let's have another word of prayer as uh, we begin tonight. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for, uh, Lord, how comforting it is and how encouraging and, and challenging and convicting it is at times as well. But Lord, I pray you'd use your word tonight in this particular psalm and uh, especially to uh, strengthen us, um, equip us. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you'd help us to learn lessons uh, that we can apply to our lives even now. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So several weeks ago, uh, maybe even several months ago, I guess now, we started this series called Comfort in the Crisis. As We've been working our way through some of the different psalms, and uh, we haven't really gone in order at all. Uh, we've kind of been bouncing around as the Lord leads, and uh, I've kind of enjoyed doing that. And uh, we have we spent a, a Wednesday night in Psalm 133. We've spent a Wednesday night in Psalm 139. And uh, now tonight, uh, we're going to be looking at this particular psalm. And this is a unique one in that every single verse in this particular psalm highlights the mercy of God that endures forever. And uh, for those who had the opportunity and uh, looked at this psalm in preparation for tonight, you'll notice there's 26 verses, and every single verse uh, mentions the fact that His mercy endureth forever. And so uh, with that in mind, um, I wanted to share a story of mercy that I came across that I thought kind of illustrates what mercy uh, kind of is, all right? So this is back in Napoleon's day when he was uh, a leader there. And uh, a mother came and approached Napoleon seeking a pardon for her son. Well, the emperor replied that the young man had committed a certain offense two different times and justice demanded death. But I don't ask for justice, the mother explained. 
I plead for mercy. But your son does not deserve mercy, Napoleon replied. Sir, the woman cried, it would not be mercy if he deserved it, and mercy is all I ask for. Well then, the emperor said, I will have mercy, and he spared the woman's son. And uh, that's a picture of the fact that, uh, no, none of us in in God's eyes deserve mercy. Uh, None of us do. Uh, Remember, uh, John 3.16 is, well, there's a difference between mercy and grace, and a lot of people kind of get these mixed up. Uh, John 3.16 is a verse that tells us and, uh, and points to both God's mercy and God's grace. Uh, John 3.16 says, of course, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, should not perish, is God's mercy. That's what we all deserve, right? But God in His mercy says, you don't have to perish if you believe on My Son. So that's God's mercy. And then the the last part of the verse where it says, but have everlasting life, that's God's grace. See, that's something good that none of us deserve, that God wants to pour out upon all of us. Um, And basically, if if my son, one of my boys, does something wrong and uh, they deserve to be punished and I don't punish them, that's mercy. And uh, when it comes to God, I deserve mercy. Punishment. I deserve uh, chastisement. And yet, uh, God in His mercy has said, uh, No, I'm not going to give that to you because of His mercy. And so, with all that in mind, let's go ahead and dive into our outline tonight because I think that'll help us to uh, figure out. And the title of the message tonight is Worthy of Worship. Uh, God is indeed worthy of worship, and that's what the psalmist was trying to convey in all of this and in talking about God's mercy. He was saying He's worthy of our worship. All right, number one, I want us to see uh, tonight the call to worship. The call to worship. In verses 1 through 3, and then again in verse number 26, uh, we're, uh, the psalmist is calling people to worship and to give thanks to God. So verse 1 says, O give thanks unto the Lord. Verse 2, O give thanks unto the God of gods. Verse 3, O give thanks to the Lord of lords. And then in verse 26, O give thanks unto the God of heaven. So how many of you have ever been on your cell phone talking to somebody and then someone else, maybe from your family, um, calls like maybe your spouse, and then you're like, I'm, I'm on kind of an important phone call. I... I'll talk to her later, and so you send her to voicemail. Okay, maybe I'm the only one that's ever done that. My wife's not here tonight, so I can say it, although she might be watching right now. Um, so I'm in trouble. But um, and so you kind of send her to voicemail and say, you know, hey, we have this understanding that you know I'll get I'll get to you when I can, you know, and uh, and then and then she calls again, like right away. Like no, no, you ain't sending me the voicemail. <laughs> you you need to pick up right now. And so she does it again the second time, and you're like, okay, maybe something's kind of weird, but this is a really important phone call. I, I'm going to send her to voicemail again. That happens a third time she calls again. Okay, you start to get the idea, right, that something may be wrong, or this is an urgent request, and this is super important for her to call three different times back to back to back. 
And so you're thinking, I probably should answer this call. And so you tell the other person, hey, my wife's been trying to call me and uh, I need to probably take that call. So can we finish this a different time? And you, you, you take that call. Well, see, here we have the psalmist telling us not once, calling us not once, not twice, not three times, but four different times to worship God. Uh, the, and and why, why does he say it four times? Once in verse 1, once in verse tw- 2, and once in verse 3, and once again and at the end of the chapter in verse 26. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Four different times he's calling us. And you get the idea that it's kind of an important deal, right? It's not something we need to kind of push off and send the Lord to voicemail. Uh, but uh, we, do have, uh, we do have a choice. Um, we don't have to answer God's call. Uh, but I would want, want to warn you about sending the Lord to voicemail. Not a good idea. Because nothing should be more important in our lives than the Lord and His call upon our life. And uh, the call to worship Him, the call to give thanks unto the Lord. Now, why do we need God to call us four different times? Uh, Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I am tempted to become so focused on my little life that I need continual reminders to worship Him. And I suspect that since you're made out of the same dirt as I am, probably you need that reminder as well to worship the Lord. And, and so he gives us this call to worship him. And so as he's calling tonight, you have a choice whether you're going to pick up the phone, so to speak, and say, okay, God, I get the message. You want me to give thanks unto you. You want me to worship you. Uh, I'm going to do that. And I hope that that's the choice that all of us make tonight. But So first of all, in this passage, we see the call to worship. But then I want us to see, secondly, the causes uh, of worship. Why should I worship the Lord? Well, this whole chapter is basically reasons why we should be uh, worshiping the Lord and giving thanks unto God. First thing that I want to point out here is the first cause here is the Lord's character, who the Lord is. And he starts here in his call in verses 1 through 3 and gives us some uh, instruction on who God is. And that should propel us and motivate us to thank him and to worship him with our lives. What does he say in these Verses about the Lord. Well, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is... Anybody see that next word? He is good. He is good. Um, He's a good God, and uh, He is able to work all things together for good, and everything that He does is good. Even the things that maybe we would look at and say, well, that was a bad thing. No, everything that He does is good, and... He is just a good God. That's His nature. And that should propel us uh, to give thanks. So uh, first thing that he mentions here, first uh, characteristic of our God is the fact that He is good. And uh, I just want to remind us this this evening that God is good. Um, Even when the weather may not seem good. Now, I was asking a couple people, a couple of you girls, and you guys are fans of the weather tonight. How many of you are fans of this type of weather? A lot of hands. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I kind of like it, I guess. Uh, but, you know, if you had big plans for an outdoor event today, it probably wasn't your favorite weather. Um, and see, uh, regardless of what the weather is, God is good. Regardless of how the economy is, God is good. Regardless of how our health is, God is good. Regardless of how uh, our family is going, God is good. He is good, no matter what uh, the circumstances are. So He is good. Okay, what else about the Lord's character is revealed in this? Well, of course, He is merciful, and His mercy endureth forever. And if you didn't get the picture there in this chapter by reading all 26 verses, uh, you may want to go see somebody, a doctor or something, because it's pretty obvious that the mercy, His mercy that endures forever is the highlighted attribute of God in this particular passage. Now, what does His enduring mercy uh, mean? Uh, that is that it is ever the same. So the same, the same mercy that He displayed way back in the Old Testament is the same mercy that He displays right here and right now. And the same mercy that He will display for all time. You see, it never changes. It is never exhausted. God never runs out of mercy. He never gets to the point of going, oops, I'm, I'm running low. What's going to happen? Oh, no. I need to go to Sam's Club and stock up on more mercy. No, He doesn't need to do that. He's got it all. He's the source of all mercy. It's never exhausted. And it's, uh, His mercy is found in all of His dealings. Say, well, I remember reading about some, some pretty harsh things that God did in the Old Testament. Some things, some pretty harsh things that He did in the New Testament. I mean, Acts chapter 5 is those, that couple goes and sells their land and then comes back and says, oh, yeah, we sold it for this much when really they sold it for a lot more. Wanting to kind of impress, impress everybody and whatever and keep a little bit for themselves and ultimately lied to the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Bible then records how the husband died, and then three hours later, after her little shopping spree, she comes back and has the same story, and uh, she drops dead. You say, well, where was God's mercy in all of that? Well, uh, he, he was showing mercy in all of those things, and we'll talk about some other instances here in the Old Testament in particular as we go through this um, passage here. But His mercy is found in all of His dealings and in all His acts towards His creatures and ever will be. Lamentations 3 and verse 22 says this, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They, uh, God's mercies, are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. And uh, most of us love that song, uh, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And it talks about the mercy of God there and how it's because of His mercies that we're not consumed. Every single one of us in this room tonight deserves to be incinerated because of our sin. And uh, we better not forget that. Sometimes we kind of think that, you know, oh, well, God saved me, and so now somehow I'm better than everybody else, and I kind of deserve God's mercy. No, 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 none, none of us deserve any of that, right? Uh, all of us deserve to be consumed and incinerated because of our sin, but uh, praise the Lord of his, for His mercy. 
Here's another story that kind of illustrates God's mercy. Years after the death of President Calvin Coolidge, uh, this particular story came to light. See, in the early days of uh, his presidency, Coolidge uh, awoke one morning very early in his hotel room to find a burglar going through his pockets. Coolidge spoke up asking the burglar to not take his watch chain because it contained an engraved charm he wanted to keep. The president then engaged the thief in quiet conversation and discovered that he was just a college student with no money uh, to pay his hotel bill or buy a ticket back to campus. So the president counted $32 out of his wallet and uh, he gave it to this young man and said, here you go, I want you to pay me back though. And uh, he declared it to be a loan and advised the young man to leave the same way he had come in so as to avoid the secret service. And yeah, the loan was paid back. See, that's mercy. He could have said, he could have yelled and the secret service would have come rushing in and taken this guy out. But instead, this president showed tremendous mercy. And God, again, could have looked at me and said, one sin, poof. You're gone. And he would have been right to do so. That's not what he chose to do. Um, so the Lord's character is reason for us uh, to worship him because he's good, because of his enduring mercy. And then uh, notice in verse number two here, he, said, he talks about the, the deity of God, the, the fact that he is the God of gods. In verse two, oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. And there are a lot of little g-gods in this world, um, even here in America. You know, a lot of times we think of third world countries and their idols that they, you know, bow down to and all of that. But I'm telling you what, here in America, there are a lot of gods too. One of them is called the Almighty Dollar. And people worship the Almighty Dollar, but God, uh, the Lord, is greater than all, and He is the God of gods. But then also... Not only his deity here, but then his dominion in verse number three. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. So he is in charge of everything. Reasons and motivations for us to give thanks. The Lord's character. But then secondly here, the Lord's creation. Verse number four. To him who alone doeth great wonders... For his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 6, to him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. And so here, verses 4 through 9 tell us about creation and the fact that the Lord created everything that you and I see. Everything that He made from the atom all the way into the expanses of the universe, all of it uh, should cause us to want to give Him thanks and to worship Him. Verse number 5, it talks about Him, uh, to Him that by wisdom made the heavens. So he made all that we see out in, the, out in the sky. Now tonight you can't see a whole lot because it's been pretty overcast all day. But for those who have seen the night sky and 
those who are able to, uh, I mean, he made all the heavens. Verse 6, to him that stretched out the earth above the waters. That's a, it's almost like the Lord pulled up the land from underneath all that water. The Lord did that. And uh, his creation should propel us, the fact that he's our creator should propel us to worship him. To him that made great lights, the sun to rule by day. I read this about the sun uh, today and, and I thought I would share it with you. It says, think, think of the greatness of the sun. Over its entire surface, it radiates about, this is kind of mind-boggling here, it radiates about 70,000 horsepower per square yard every second. I'll read that again. Over its entire surface, it radiates about 70,000 horsepower per square yard every second. In the time it took me to read that sentence, the sun consumed 12 million tons of gases. If we used our planet's stores of fuel at the same rate, there would be none left in three or four days. The sun's mass, however, is so great that millions of years from now, it will have scarcely diminished at all. God has ensured that the sun will shine as long as there is life on the earth. And God made that. God in his wisdom and in his power made that. You say, why should I take time out of my day to worship him? Because he's the creator God. Because of his power and because of who he is. And so we see he, the fact that the Lord's character is highlighted, but also the Lord's creation. And then thirdly, we see the Lord's control. The fact that the Lord has always been in control, and by the way, always will be in control. And particularly, he uses, the psalmist does here, in the life of Israel. In verse number 10, here, here he says, To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. Thinking, okay, killing the firstborn? How many of you are the firstborn in your family? Would you raise your hand? My hand's raised. Okay. It looks like only three or four of us would die. So <laughs> I, guess, I guess the church wouldn't be too bad off. <laughs> I thought it would be more than that. Sorry. <laughs> kind of ruined my whole illustration there. But Well, you know, for, for the Lord to smite the firstborn, and, and most of us remember the story there, when uh, as, as Moses was sent to deliver the people out of Egypt and, and he went and talked to Pharaoh, let my people go multiple times. And finally, the 10th the and final plague was the, uh, the death of the firstborn. Where was God's mercy there? I mean, smiting Egypt and their firstborn for his mercy endureth forever. It's almost like they don't belong together. But I assure you, as I said multiple or a little bit uh, earlier, that God's mercy has always been on display, including this particular instance. He could have at the very he could have killed everybody and had the right to kill all of Egypt. He could have uh, not waited ten or nine different other plagues before that. 
to see God's patience and God's mercy was on display in that instance. So, to him that smote Egypt and their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And verse 11, brought them, brought out Israel from among them with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm. Oh, I like that. You think about what that means in our day and age, with a strong hand. Does, does God have a strong hand in our life? Yeah, so strong. The Bible says that no man will be able to pluck me or you out of his hands, because that's how strong his hands are. And then his, he, he saved them with a stretched out arm. You think about the arms that were stretched out on the cross of Calvary for you and for me. You see, what a beautiful picture of mercy that was. And grace. With a strong hand, with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divideth the Red Sea into parts. That's... When I read that, I, read, I think about God's power and His miraculous omnipotence, right? The fact that He can uh, move those walls of water and, and, and keep them like that till all those people were able to pass through on dry ground. And then at the right time, it says here in verse 15, but overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea and at the right time dropped his hands and said, okay, let the waters come crashing down. See, the Lord was in control of all of it. Verse 16, to him which led his people through the wilderness. 17, which, to him which smote great kings and slew famous kings, Shihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of, the, king of Bashan. And gave their land for an for heritage, even an heritage unto Israel, his servant. And so, as the nation of Israel was, the Lord was leading them out uh, to the promised land, uh, God did some great things. He was in control of seemingly difficult cir- circumstances and, and situations that they thought, there's no way out of this. But God was in control. And uh, when, when he talks about how he smote these great kings, as they, uh, in Numbers chapter, I think, 22, um, goes into more detail there, as they, as a nation, were, were coming up to these uh, armies that were against them, they were really no match for the Lord whatsoever. And uh, he took them out, each one. And here's the point for all of us. In the midst of crazy circumstances, we see that God was and always is in control. Does that mean that God is in control in our lives as well? What's the answer to that question? The answer is yes, He is in control of our lives. And uh, when we think that the circumstances are just bonkers and there's no way past them, yes, God can get us through. See, as we seek Him first in our lives, He promises that all these things shall be added unto us. What things? Food and raiment. In other words, He would see to it that our needs would be met. Now, I didn't say our greeds would be met, but our needs would be met. So you say, well, God's not been merciful to me. I don't have my you know, brand new 2021 Ferrari in my garage yet. You know, that... <laughs> 
Look, God is giving us what we need, not necessarily what we greed. Okay? The Lord is in control. And they also learned that nothing is too difficult for God. It didn't matter what the obstacle was. God was and is greater. So the question for all of us is, are there obstacles in our lives that we're facing? Maybe it's a health obstacle. Maybe it's a financial. uh, Maybe it's a relational. Maybe it's something that uh, related to your job. I'm not sure what it is, but if there is an obstacle, I am telling you, God is greater. He is bigger, more powerful, and he is able to carry you through, just like he did with the nation of Israel. They uh, faced some very crazy situations, but the Lord brought them through all of that. The Lord can bring you through all of that too. So the Lord's control, but then I want us to see fourthly here in the last thought under this, um, on on the causes to worship here, and that is the Lord's care. The Lord's care. Verse number 23 says, Who remembered us in our lowest state, for his mercy endureth forever, and hath redeemed us from our enemies, who giveth food to all flesh. So verse 23 tells us that he cares enough to know where we are and what we were going through. Who remembered us in our lowest state. God cares about you, and God cares about me. Verse 24 tells us he cares enough to deliver us from our enemies. And the greatest enemy that he delivered us from was the enemy of our sin and Satan through Christ. And then verse 25 tells us he cares enough to meet our needs. We already kind of briefly mentioned that. Who giveth food to all flesh, even the flesh that doesn't deserve it. (laughs) Right? And by the way, that's me too. I don't deserve it. Uh, See, God will take care of you. I'm going to invite you real quickly tonight to take your hymnal. And I had one up here at one point, one day. I'm going to borrow this one. Thank you, brother. Turn to 579 in your hymnal. We're not going to sing it, but I just want you to, to read it with me. 579. title of the song is God Will Take Care of You Because He Cares for You. The first stanza says, Be not dismayed, whate'er betide, God will take care of you. Beneath His wings of love abide, God will take care of you. The second verse, Though days of toil when heart doth fail, God will take care of you. When dangers fierce your path assail, God will take care of you. All you may need, He will provide. God will take care of you. Nothing you ask will be denied. God will take care of you. No matter what may be the test, God will take care of you. Lean, weary one, upon His breast. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day, Or all the way, he will take care of you. God will take care of you. That's a promise from the word of God. And uh, look, since he cares so much about us, and that the fact that he will take care of you, uh, we should be then willing to cast all of our cares upon him. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting 
Some of your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Is that what that verse says? Casting most of your care upon him. Casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. So, some tremendous motivators for us to worship the Lord, the causes of worship. Why we should worship him? Because of the Lord's character, because of who he is. Because of the Lord's creation. His power in creating everything that you and I know in six literal 24-hour days. And the Lord's control, the fact that He's in control of all of the circumstances in our lives and that no obstacle is too big for Him. And the Lord's care. He cares for you and He cares for me. Then I want us to see thirdly tonight in the last thought, and it kind of ends here at verse number 26. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for His mercy endureth forever. And that is the choice to worship. The psalmist ends with one more call to worship, which insinuates that we have a choice. We've seen the call to worship and the causes to worship. Now it's our choice. So what's it going to be, friend? Are you going to worship Him? If you say, oh yeah, I'm going to worship Him. Okay, I'll tell you, uh, let, me, let me just ma- mention this. It will be evident in our life. It will be evident in our usage of time. You see, we will want to spend time with Him every day. We'll want to spend time in His Word to show Him how much He means to us. Say, oh no, I just have this warm and fuzzy love for God in my heart, but I don't really want to take time to spend in His Word. Uh, That's not exactly how God views love. Remember? Remember? If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. Not, if you love me, have a warm and fuzzy feeling in your heart that you just love Jesus with all your being. Good, I I want that to be true, but the way Jesus looks at love in our hearts is whether we're obedient to God's word or not. And, and And I'm telling you, if you're not in God's word on a regular basis, on a daily basis, it's gonna be very hard for you to keep the word of God to keep His commandments. So if we're going to worship the Lord and choose to worship Him because of all the reasons He gives here in this psalm, it's going to be evident in our usage of time. Will we spend time in His Word? Will we spend time in prayer each day? Will we keep the communication lines open between us and the Lord? And will we make corporate worship a priority in our lives? And I realize I'm preaching to those who are here on a Wednesday night, and I appreciate and commend you for your faithfulness tonight. But Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 24 tells us, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. It's very hard for us to provoke unto love and to good works via text. You can do it, but it's much better to do face-to-face and in person. Uh, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We need to be more faithful to church, not less, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And by the way, it is approaching. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 13, uh, Paul tells Timothy, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And uh, I'm telling you, during our shutdown time, as I preached to that camera and to cell phones and all of that, 
It's hard to give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, to a camera. It can be done, and we did it for a time. Uh, but this is much better. This is much more what God had in mind here. And uh, corporate worship needs to be a priority in our lives. And I realize not everybody right now in their health situation can be here. For those who can, I would encourage you to make this a priority. So, uh, worshiping the Lord, if we're going to worship Him, it's going to be evident in our usage of time. It's going to be evident in our usage of our talent. You see, will we use our talents to serve us or to serve God? God has gifted every believer with abilities and spiritual gifts. And uh, I've added it up, and a grand total of zero of the spiritual gifts are meant to serve self. Zero of them. 100% of them, they are all designed to be used to serve God by serving others. So, are you using your spiritual gifts to worship the Lord by serving others? Say, I want to worship God because of all the things we talked about tonight. Good. It'll be evident in our usage of time. It'll be evident in your usage of talent. And of course, for those who have been around churches for a while, you know the other T. And our usage of treasure. It will be faithful to worship the Lord in our tithes and offerings. And not be stingy to the, thing, stingy to the things of God, but, but generous to the things of God. Because remember, He wasn't stingy towards us, was he? When he gave, he didn't just give a little bit, a token thing. No, he gave his very best and most precious possession, his only begotten son. And so when he gave, he wasn't just giving his leftovers, he gave his best. Let's give God our best. So tonight we've seen that the Lord is indeed worthy of our worship. Well, let's be faithful then to worship Him with our time, talent, and treasure. As we close tonight uh, this message, I thought it would be appropriate to read through all 26 verses kind of as a responsive reading. Okay? I'm going to read the first part of the verse, and I'm going to ask you all to join in on that second part of the verse. So your line as we go through it is, for his mercy endureth forever. And I thought it would be kind of neat to hear us read this all out loud uh, together tonight. Okay, so I'll read, uh, like for instance in verse 1, I'll read, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And then you all would chime in, for his mercy endureth forever. And then we'll go that way all the way through verse 26. So 26 times we'll hear our church family say, For his mercy endureth forever. Okay? Here we go. Ready, begin. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. O oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. O oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. To Him who alone doeth great wonders. To Him that by wisdom made the heavens. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters. And to him that made great lights. The sun to rule by day. The moon and stars to rule by night. 
to him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, and brought out Israel from among them, with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, to him which divided the Red Sea into parts, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it but overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. To him which led his people through the wilderness. To him which smote great kings and slew famous kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites. And Og, the king of Bashan and gave their land for an heritage, even an heritage unto Israel his servant, who remembered us in our low estate, and hath redeemed us from our enemies, who giveth food to all flesh. O give thanks unto the God of heaven. Amen. Sound a little bit like a Catholic church, but uh, His mercy does endureth forever. And uh, He is worthy of worship, isn't He? And uh, I hope that all of us will decide, after hearing the call four different times in this chapter, to worship, that we'll answer the call and actually worship Him. He's given us some good reasons to do so. And uh, let's answer the call and not say, I'm too busy with my own little life. I've got too many things going. No, he's worthy of us taking time to worship him. And let's do that uh, as a result. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the time tonight and your word. Thank you for the fact that your mercy does indeed endure forever. Thank you, Lord, for um, the fact that you are worthy of